0: Welcome to Sensor Noise, a podcast about photography. I'm Andrew, joined as always by Arthur. Arthur, how are you?
1: How's I it going? I am doing well.
0: How's it go? What do they say on Boots to Vista? They always they don't say like "How's it going." They say like <laughs> "How's it." What is- What do they say?
1: <laughs> how you do? Uh, how you I don't know How, how you Australianism. Yeah,
0: <laughs> it's like how you going, which is like how you doing and how's it going <laughs> combined. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> um, this week, drive traffic to your website with this one weird trick. But first, the news uh you've got this in here which caught my eye uh, yeah
1: there's a new fancy instax type thing um, oh from yeah a company i've never heard of called nons
0: nons yep i'm familiar with nons um i've looked at their stuff and uh i've not bought it because for example this that we're looking at here the nons sl 660 600 us dollars uh yes
1: it is six hundred dollars but <clears throat>
0: But this is, if you want to get, like, really good photos with instant film, you need either a NONS or a MINT camera. Right. And the NONS one is interesting uh, because, like, this SL660 takes Canon EF mount lenses natively. Right. Um, now, I don't think it autofocuses them, but, you know, you can you can clip them in. So you get actually good glass, you know, with, like, well, and actual And you notice they're, they're selling aperture. it with.
1: They have a whole bunch of adapters, so they have they do. an F adapter, a Pentax adapter, a Yashica adapter, an M42 adapter. Like, they've got I was say tons they, they
0: even have an adapter for M42. You can put a, a Soviet lens on this yeah. camera.
1: <laughs> they, I mean, they know their market, let's be honest. Yeah.
0: This is, um, so they've got uh, a couple uh, different cameras, I think, because they've got this one, which I think takes uh, Instax Square film. Right. And then they have the SL645, which takes Instax Mini film. Um, I thought they had one that took the Instax wide. I think maybe that's Mint that I'm thinking of. Hmm. Um, And then they've got, uh, what is this, SL42? that takes? Okay, that looks like that takes Instax Mini as well. But looks looks a lot like uh, your classic uh, Practica film SLR. Um, Yeah.
1: Now I'm reading reading some of the specs for this thing. It does have Flash Sync. Okay. Um, yeah. it, it has a rechargeable battery, uh, USB C rechargeable. Mm-hmm. Um, like there are some electronics in here. So, Comes with
0: shutter speed control, aperture control, bulb mode, multiple exposure, hot shoe yeah. for external flash.
1: It's a That's it's a real good. camera. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's got camera features, which is pretty right. nice.
0: Th- this is a camera that lets you actually take good instant photos, which is kind of a novelty. Um, That's cool. But on this subject, uh, I was at world of photography, one of the local camera stores, and they recently got a shipment in of, instax wide cameras which are kind of mm. hard to come by and also a whole bunch of instax wide film that is short dated so it expires in like june so they're selling it for relatively cheap mm-hmm. and i do not know how i managed to walk out of there without uh having an instax wide 300 and like <laughs> four things of film in my i would not have, because i would
1: not have uh survived that tell you yeah why.
0: the instax wide is the biggest instant film uh like pack film well not pack well, yes, Pat. Yeah, yeah. Instant film that you can get that's not the Polaroid eight by ten, which you can't. You need all sorts of special stuff that you can't get anymore. Um, you know, but yeah, it's huge. It's a nice like uh, uh, widescreen sort of almost sixteen by nine. And the uh, the Instax Wide three hundred, in comparison to some other of Fuji's Instax cameras, is actually like pretty good and not a plastic piece of crap. Mm. So, um, yeah. Uh, you know, um, I might still go down there. There's yeah, <laughs> I've been thinking about getting one of these for a long time.
1: Yeah, okay. you should. I mean, so. it seems like they're hard to come by, and this is a pretty decent chance to get a good one.
0: Yeah, yeah. And you know, I keep trying to love Polaroid, and Polaroid uh, does not love me back. I have and to
1: Polaroid say. doesn't love themselves these days. So I don't. Know That's true. Expecting. They don't.
0: Yeah, well, they're all Dutch now, so, you know, that's just how they are
1: over there, I think. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so next up, we've got this. Uh, Tamron has a new lens that I find really interesting. Yeah. Um, so typically.
0: Well, boy, have I got good news for you, buddy.
1: <laughs> yeah, t- typically you'd have, you know, your 24 to 70 and then a 70 to 200. Mm-hmm, um, in the mm-hmm. professional series to get the F2.8, those are usually in the two to $3,000 a piece range. Yeah. Tamron has come out with this two thousand dollar thirty five to one fifty um yes. F two to two point eight. Yes. And this looks very interesting.
0: Arthur, I own this lens. It's yeah, great. how is it? I love it. It's the i like i rare i don't really put any other lens on my z f anymore unless I need a wider aperture because this does it all like when I'm taking portraits of people like I can get real close and do a wide angle or I can like back up and get real you know narrow field of view uh it's great, I love it it's a great lens um it's it's kind of hefty but yeah it's just i don't know I, a lot basically all of my photos for like the past couple months have been taken with this lens with some exceptions and i think uh you know it looks fine they're great
1: well it's hefty f2 sure, to 2.8
0: is uh, have you have you carried the deal.
1: 70 to 200 2.8 because
0: uh it's no, probably lighter than that yeah i have not no but i've seen how big that is yeah but this is this is like 35 to 150 is pretty much the ideal range for like street photography and, and portrait stuff, I would say. I
1: mean, it's the ideal range for most things that normal people will do.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I still want like an ultra wide and then like a super tele, telephoto zoom, but that's really it, you know? So, yeah. Hmm. It's really good. And I think, I think given the price, it's like, like you said, normally you'd have to get two lenses yeah. to cover this range that costs basically twice as much as this single lens costs. So, right, so yeah. this
1: would replace your your 24-70, to your 7200, and potentially like a 35 millimeter prime because
0: it's yeah. F2
1: at 35 millimeters, which is pretty right. close to like a
0: 1.8. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So... It has buttons on it. Can you customize those in the Nikon software, or do you have to do it? You sure can, yeah. interesting.
0: Yep, yep. You can customize it right on the camera even, so.
1: Because that was the thing before in the, like, F mount. uh, If the third-party lenses had buttons, you couldn't always customize them in the Nikon software. Oh, no,
0: this you can customize every which way, and there are a lot of buttons and switches on this thing. And also, crucially, uh, Tamron, to update the lens firmware just gives you a USB-C.
1: On right. the lens yeah that's way better than it yeah, used yeah. to be you used to have to get their like dock thing to plug right it into. no
0: they just have on the bottom of the lens is a C connector i looked at it and i was like wait a minute what the i was like okay all right well that i suppose that works
1: <laughs> maybe i'll pick uh, one of these up i mean my wife just yeah, got I mean, her nikon zf um, she got the blue color which i have to say if you're waiting for a color one keep waiting they're very very nice yeah, um, I you know
0: I her. obviously was deeply impatient, so yeah. <laughs> I just have the black one. But boy, do I kind of want the orange
1: one. Yeah, the colors are nice. They did a good job yeah. with those. Maybe oh, I'll get one of these one for her. Even the no stone way gray she's one carry looks. carry multiple lenses.
0: Here, here's the thing, though: if they made one with the black leather but silver body, I yeah. would I would exchange um, for that, <laughs> frankly. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah, but then they would be eating into the ZFC's market. That's, that's true. The, that's, that's the true. only well, <laughs> thing it has going
0: for it. <laughs> um, you know, I can say like you can also like my thing is I just rent lenses to try them out and see how I like them. So that's yeah. uh, you can see. I'm I'm trying to see if lens rentals has this um, lenses mounts Nikon Z uh, Tamron. They do.
1: No, oh, all right. One hundred
0: and thirteen dollars for seven days to rent. That's pretty good. Yeah.
1: I see the thing is I already have the 24 to 70 and 70 to
0: 200 2.8. Right. I'm, but your wife doesn't go <laughs> <well>, right. <yeah. laughs> and like, so like if you're trying to cover the same range at the same time, you're going to have a right. problem.
1: So she's on a trip right now. And I got the, uh, uh, what is it? Like 24 to 50, the tiny little pancake type thing. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Surprisingly cheap. And honestly, I was messing around with it. Very, very clear. Very good. Yeah. It'll be perfect for this kind of travel stuff.
0: Yeah. That was something that I noticed. Uh, We'll talk about this later, but I was fiddling around with some different cameras this week and like the Nikon lenses are, are pretty good. They're very good. Uh, yeah. You get, you get a little bit more. Oh, I'm seeing that one. The 2450 F four to 6.3. Yeah. Interesting.
1: It's Hmm. little, it's very light, um, and super clear. and, It's, you know, it's not a super wide aperture, but when you're doing like, you know, travel photography. Yeah, if you're outside and stuff, it's right. Well, not even just outside. Like if you put the camera into auto and just shoot (laughs) around, you're going to get decent pictures of stuff.
0: Well, and here's the thing, like for better or for worse, the like default aperture for a lot of kit lenses these days is like F4, which I find ridiculous. But, Mm. you know, I don't know. I guess they figure the sensors can you know handle uh you know iso whatever 3200 with no noise so whatever right now me and me and my film you know mood i'm like f4 like come on <laughs> there's hardly any light you know yeah. <laughs> i'm gonna have to use i'm gonna have to use like yeah delta 3200 film or something like come on but uh yeah no i i recommend this lens hardly yeah. um all right very good uh some some terrible news um Someone has resurrected the Practica name. Uh oh no. To make disposable cameras.
1: <laughs> no, oh, come on now. <laughs> uh
0: you can buy a cheap little plastic piece of junk. Uh Practica now sells the Lux Media 35mm film camera complete with flash and roll of uh unnamed, unclear exactly what it is, ISO four hundred color film. Uh Exact type isn't known, but it's C41 and not motion picture stock. Uh yeah. Available in the UK from a number of homeware and electronic stores. You can buy three boxed cameras for some retailers for less than fifty pounds. So, yeah. Um.
1: So it's this—it's this giant German conglomerate that has bought them, I guess.
0: Yeah. Practica. Like Practica—the name is like still around, and uh, yeah, they basically. It looks like they're just white labeling stuff because they got a white labeled uh, uh, 18 megapixel digital point and shoot here for one hundred and sixteen dollars. Uh, yeah. OK, so one of these to the U.S. is twenty six dollars, which is kind of a lot for a disposable film. Yeah, printer. that is
1: kind of a lot.
0: Um, you can also get a Practica 1080p webcam. Uh,
1: oh, I see what that's kind of here. novel. <laughs> so this company, this is the company that does. um they do a bunch of industrial optics,
0: uh, but yeah. also,
1: um, you know, the B plus W filters uh-huh. that you see on B and H and stuff. It's it's them.
0: Um, interesting. Yeah, there you so go. I guess
1: they they own the name because it was subsumed into some conglomerate, you yeah. know, in the '60s, and now they own it i
0: don't know does someone want to give me like several million dollars so i can buy practica and like turn it into a a proper camera company again (laughs) please
1: Uh... like
0: we need that we need some competition you know anyway um also cf express cards continue to be
1: confusing
0: uh they got a new one no they discontinued this one Uh uh
1: this oh, is, uh, okay. This makes sense. Type I mean, A is the older one.
0: Yeah, Angel Bird has discontinued its one terabyte CF Express Type A card. It was cheap and promised full compatib- compatibility with Sony cameras. Uh, but apparently it wasn't, like, actually certified by CF Express yeah. to, to meet the... the it, this is all very confusing. And also, yeah, Type A versus Type M I think is the B, new one. Or Type B whatever. is the yeah. one
1: that So, like A is the one that only Sony used; nobody else used A. Yeah, and then type B is the one that's pretty common now. So, like Nikon has type B slots. Yeah, Um, yeah. This is,
0: um, you know, I don't know, truly a Sony thing because it's like Memory Stick, Memory Stick Pro, Memory Stick Pro Duo.
1: Well, and don't forget, Sony had compete; they had standards competing against themselves. Yeah, there was right. CF Express and XQD at the same time, which used yeah. the same slot, but was different somehow.
0: Memory Stick, Memory Stick Select, Memory Stick Pro, Memory Stick Duo, Memory Stick Pro Duo, Memory Stick Pro HG Duo, Memory Stick Micro, Memory Stick XE, Memory Stick Pro HG Duo HX. That's all the Memory <sighs> Sticks that were ever out there.
1: Sony just can't um, stop making formats. I know I they really
0: formats. can't. Yeah. I also, do you remember the XD picture cards that were used oh, by yeah. like Olympus and Fujifilm? Those mm-hmm. had different types as well. Cause you had a type <laughs> M and a type H. And I remember, I remember for my stepmom's camera, my dad bought the wrong type of XD card once. And it, it's like, well, why doesn't it work? You know, like it fits in there, but it doesn't <laughs> yeah. work. This is just like, I don't know. Name it something different, you know,
1: like, right. I don't know. Sony, Bizarre. they can't be stopped. Also, just, also,
0: the only kind of cards anyone should be using is P2 cards, because those are neat. Those are the ones that are just like four SD cards rated together <laughs> inside, but yeah. in like a PCMCIA.
1: <laughs> I mean, I, honestly, I wonder why now, why aren't we just using NVMe flash? Like the, the, well, the half length NVMe stick? Oh,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. You're talking about the should, actual be, like M2 form yeah, factor. Yeah. yeah.
1: We should really just. Everyone should be using those. Like, put them in a little cartridge or something. But yeah. those are so cheap. And yeah, like
0: a twenty-two forty-two. Basically, just yeah. like click it in there.
1: They're cheap. That's, they're readily. Available. I mean, those are. Like, that's
0: about the size of a. a
1: yeah, it is.
0: CF Express. <laughs> so yeah. Oh, they should they should let you put the larger ones in so you can have like a twenty two one ten just like hanging out. Sticking
1: <laughs> off the side. I mean, that's what people do, right? When you use like an Atomos Ninja uh, video recorder or something, right? Yeah, you stick a SD, uh, you stick an SSD to the outside of
0: it. Well, and that's the other thing, too, right? It's like, yeah, you put these cards in your thing. But if you're recording video, you you aren't actually recording to the card. Typically, no. you're recording to a recorder, which then has some other storage,
1: you know? Yeah, because the cards aren't big enough. I
0: don't know. Yeah
1: it's strange Uh, we gotta gotta standardize here
0: under my dictatorship all digital cameras will be required to be equipped with ibm micro drives there we go (laughs) like their old ipods
1: (laughs) i mean honestly they could solve a lot of these problems if they did like hasselblad does and just put an ssd put an ssd
0: in there yeah because that new one is like what two uh, something how many terabyte
1: yeah just in there you could do that like my cards that I have for my Nikon are half a terabyte yeah, yeah just put a terabyte or a two ter. oh no you'll have to spend an extra twelve dollars to get two terabytes oh dear uh, just stick it in there and I would yeah. never need cards yep
0: um uh, anyway that's the news um somewhat news, but also not news is uh, both Canon and Sony have claimed to be number one in mirrorless this year. And apparently they both did this in previous years as well. Yeah. Um, because they're like choosing slightly different metrics upon which to base their claims. Um, and my opinion on this, you may have a different opinion. My opinion on this is who care? Yeah. Why does this matter? matter? Ultimately, the cam- wanna... ultimately the camera market is pretty small.
1: Yeah. <laughs> And I mean, I don't think I straight up don't believe Canon. Like, I yeah, <laughs> honestly have never seen anybody actually use in real life one of the Canon mirrorless. I have never seen somebody use
0: it. I've one. seen I've seen some of them, but I definitely feel like I see Sony's more often. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's Sony. Like, all yeah. of the Canon guys switched to Sony because Canon drugged their feet so long on mirrorless. People just gave up.
0: Yeah. Now, what I find somewhat difficult to believe here is that it, they claim that the Sony ZV-E10 is the best-selling mirrorless camera from last I year. That. I don't know. Really? That's such yeah, a sure. – the, the vlogger e-mount? I don't know.
1: Yeah, I believe it. it. seems it's like it's tiny, and it you can for? do interchangeable lenses on it. I mean, because pe- the thing uh, is, people want like an Alpha 6000. Right, that's the size that's tr- that they true, want. True,
0: yeah. And this yeah. one
1: gives you interchangeable lenses.
0: Yeah. In yeah. the same size. And is much cheaper than an Alpha.
1: <laughs> Quite a bit cheaper, yeah.
0: <laughs> but then it's bizarre to me why things like the uh, the Z Nikon Z thirty aren't selling when they're like it's the same target
1: market. Yeah, you know, because but, Sony like yeah. they have brand recognition in that space. Yeah. And the I poor Z thirty. Okay, Sony Sony is winning because they also sell all of the sensors.
0: That's true. Yeah, so like doesn't ultimately, really matter, doesn't matter. Sony is baseball. the winner because until <laughs> <laughs> until uh, one of the other brands starts using sensors from someone else, uh, you know, ultimately, well, Canon, it's does, all. Sony. Does
1: Canon make their own, or are they using Sony for their mirrorless? Ah, uh, that's a good question. Because I remember for for their SLRs, they made their own, but yeah. Nikon uses the Sony sensors. I guess Fuji doesn't. They make their own, too. Yeah, But, I mean, not Sony makes the sensors me. in iPhones. Like, <laughs> yeah. they make all the sensors.
0: If Canon does use Sony sensors, they're not
1: admitting to it.
0: So. Sure. Yeah. Um, speaking of sensors.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, I wanted to chat briefly about uh, Apple Vision Pro. I did a demo last week. Uh, I understand you have not done a demo.
0: No, um, mostly mm. because I can't ever see myself wanting to own one of these, but also like I'm prone to motion sickness generally. So yeah. VR stuff is
1: not my favorite. <laughs> so I think I, I think you should try it. I don't mm. think you'll have motion sickness in it. Hmm. Um, it's hard to explain why exactly, but I I don't think you will experience motion sickness because it's not VR, and they're very clear about that. Um, you always see through the thing into the real world. And as far as I can tell, there's no discernible lag between what you're seeing and, like, your motion. Uh, that
0: is kind of impressive. From it's a, re-
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah. honestly, like, regardless of the reviews and the software story, like, there's no good apps or whatever, uh, the fundamentals are they've got them. I mean, mm-hmm. when you put a window somewhere, it stays there. It does not move hmm. when you look around and walk around. Like the tracking yeah. is kind of unbelievably good. Hmm. Um, but what I wanted to talk about, like it, when you do the demo, it's kind of guided. You don't really get a lot of chances to just kind of mess around with the thing. Right. It's like but taking a test have,
0: drive and the salesperson is in the right seat. And you're like, well, I'm yeah, not really going mean, to be able
1: to do The, too the much Apple here. Store <laughs> person has an iPad. That uh, they can see everything you see to kind mm-hmm. of guide you mm-hmm. through it. Yeah. Um, but part of it is going through photos, like using the photos app and sort of looking through a bunch of different kinds of pictures. Interesting. And the thing that struck me is just how how natural that feels hmm. um, to kind of look through pictures that way. And yeah. I'm imagining a future where they put you know proper Lightroom on this thing. And now suddenly I can put pictures up on my wall. You know, I can break out multiple windows for previewing stuff and have reference photos that I put right. in my physical environment.
0: But um, let me ask you this. How edit. am I supposed to get my little display calibrator thing onto the inside of the Vision Pro? Well,
1: that so that's calibrator. the part of the story that's <laughs> not there yet. And apparently the Vision Pro, as it currently is, is not particularly color accurate and doesn't cover... Yeah, that, that 100% of display me. P3. Yeah. Um
0: but But I if mean, it no, did, that could that. be pretty interesting, yeah. I could see, yeah. I mean, cuz people always want larger and larger
1: displays for editing photos and, yeah. you know, this one can fill Here's up your entire you have. right, yeah. And the other part of it too is like if you're doing color work, you want your environment to be very dark, right. and have your display be the only thing that's providing light. Well, A really good way to do that is to wear a headset. Right. Yeah. (laughs) That's OLED. So there's only light coming from the things that you're looking at. Mm -hmm. Um, I just think that this will be very, very interesting for editing in a couple of years when the platform (laughs) is more mature.
0: Right. It's 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 amusing to me that like the only real applications for it right now are like the Apple default applications. So it's like you know numbers and the stocks yeah. app. I assume, because the stocks app is on everything. You
1: know, I mean, they so there is Lightroom. It the the iPad like mobile Lightroom runs in there.
0: Oh, okay, but you, but it's not really
1: optimized for that sort of not use yet case. No. Yeah. Like it can't make multiple windows and stuff. Yeah, I'm assuming they'll make it do that because it, I have to assume Adobe has several of these things. Oh yeah. They're going to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Cause I, I could see like InDesign, right. What if I could spread out my whole magazine, you know, on the wall, right. What if you could walk
0: between the layers
1: of your, your Photoshop? Yeah. I document. mean, <laughs> that'd be a fun demo, but yeah, somebody probably wants to do that. Yeah. I think it will be useful. And I mean, we have a friend who bought one and returned it for this reason. They're like, it's very good. The fundamentals are there, but the apps, there's nothing to do with it really. Yet. Yeah.
0: It feels like the first, uh, you know, when the iPhone came out and there weren't, there wasn't an app store yet, yeah. you know, but uh, yeah,
1: yeah, but at least with the phone, there was immediate utility. Like you still need, right, it's phone. like,
0: it's like, oh, I can, I, but, and also it's like, oh, I can use the internet on my phone. How novel,
1: right. you know? yeah
0: whereas this is like i mean i yeah i can use the internet on this but i can use it on like eight other things in my pocket or on my person now so
1: you know no, i do yeah. regret to inform you uh my wife just flew to china and mm-hmm. she said she's encountered three people wearing them on the plane so far
0: interesting
1: so That's... people are watching movies in it on the plane mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's too bad
0: <laughs> if i got one that probably would be my main use for just to like watch stuff in bed without having to sit
1: up. (laughs) But honestly, like I've been looking for, I have an Apple studio display now, which is great for editing and stuff, Mm -hmm. but I'm also, you know, gaming on it. And I've been looking for a new monitor that does high resolution, high refresh rate OLED. And, you know, vision pro is, yeah, uh, that's what it is. Yep. If only it had a display input mode. Yeah
0: it's kind of yeah kind of odd that it doesn't
1: i guess but i first. get it like that that amount of bandwidth to run those two 4k displays at 90 hertz or 95 hertz whatever it is yeah that's a lot of bandwidth uh, just just thunderbolt or whatever it's fine it's fine you need I'll figure it out you need a thunderbolt 4 link with display stream compression <laughs> <laughs> to make it work
0: <laughs> just uh you know, you'll just be hooked up like you're in the Matrix. Basically. Yeah,
1: I mean, that's what it would end up being. You don't <laughs> want to do that, understandably. Just
0: this massive umbilical cord coming down <laughs> onto the floor, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I'll keep an eye on it. Uh, I'm yeah. guessing that when, uh, at some point, one will end up in my house and I'll try it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I like how you say that, like, it'll just... Somehow it'll end up there. No, know?
1: that's that's how things happen here. <laughs> yeah.
0: I don't expect that I'll be purchasing one anytime soon just because of how expensive they are. Yeah. They are. Yeah. That's going to have to change, I think. It will, uh, eventually. Speaking of spending money, um, I continue to search for a good pocket camera. I think we talked about how I got a Sony RX100 III. mm mm-hmm. uh, And I just don't like it very much the, i don't mm. think the sensor on it is very good it's teeny tiny and it's just not yeah doesn't do well in low light
1: yeah um, so that was my experience like i rented an rx 100 what seven whatever the latest one is yeah and i have the same experience it's just not it's kind of know. it's
0: it's weird because people say like oh it's a really good camera that's why it's sold out all the time and i'm like i think it's sold out just because they don't make very many of them <laughs>
1: Oh, yeah, they don't make, they make hardly any of them. Yeah. Um,
0: so I tried last weekend, I rented a Ricoh GR3X, mm-hmm. uh, which is, that's an APS-C sized sensor. Right. APS-C, and, but
1: it does have IBIS, which is good.
0: Yes, which is neat. And then the 3X indicates that it's the 40 millimeter equivalent focal length rather than 23 or whatever it is, the wide angle. Um, and that was fine, but like not, worth the cost i think because Mm -hmm. frankly i can get an aps-c camera with uh you know 20 megapixels and like a 40 millimeter equivalent focal length for less than that camera costs Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know so um i continued to search um
1: i mean i use a fuji x100v for that
0: yeah, my I thing is, my, I, I, my thing is, I, I kind of, I haven't tried an X100B and I might have to, but I kind of want zoom to be able to have a, diff, a range of stuff. Yeah, that's fair. But um, I, I think the problem is that the camera that I want does exist. Hmm. It's just really, really expensive. Well, and it's like basically a... the Sony RX1R2, which is basically like a full frame sensor in a in a compact camera, you know? Or I guess I could get a Leica, but yeah. Oh, this I've is basically what it. I want is like...
1: I've never seen this camera before.
0: Yeah, so this is this is a full-frame sensor, 35-millimeter full-frame sensor uh, in a compact camera body. And this is basically what I want, like put the absolute largest sensor you can get in the smallest body possible.
1: Uh,
0: so <sighs> yeah, but Andrew, I think
1: pocket. what you're going to run into, even if you get this thing... Yeah, is that? Um,
0: well, I'm not going to get it. So well, okay, you're not going to get it,
1: but, I but <laughs> oh uh, well. Hold on, I'm reading the specs here, and, and this camera works with iMovie and Final Cut Pro.
0: Now, well, so, Okay, I you my attention.
1: <laughs> they have a little. I'll send you this. They have a little badge iMovie. On the you website. say. <laughs> They have this little badge that they made that says works with iMovie. It's so funny. Someone anyway, just
0: went to the Apple website and downloaded the assets.
1: I think you're gonna <laughs> notice that like it's a Sony camera and it's kind of Oh yeah, it's uninspiring.
0: That that's the thing, is like this camera would be great if it wasn't made by Sony. Right. <laughs> the fact that it's made by Sony is like putting me off of it, frankly.
1: They're technically like their cameras are technically very good, but kind of boring i don't know
0: they're they're cameras that are made by engineers yeah yeah
1: yeah and that's fine but like
0: but i am an an engineer
1: and i'm trying to escape from that you know yeah but that's why i like the fuji it has the film simulations you know it's fun um and the pictures aren't perfect
0: yeah Mm -hmm. if i
1: want perfect i'll carry my z9 around
0: right yeah Yeah, so I guess the thing that I was then doing was I was looking at what about getting like a crop sensor mirrorless, a real small one, and then Mm -hmm. like a smallish lens. So I was at the camera store, and I messed with the Z50, um, and I messed with the R50, the Canon R50. Um, I didn't mess with any Sonys because I already know that I won't like them. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the one that I'm really curious about, but like there is no way to try it because no one actually carries it, is the Olympus uh, sorry, the OM system uh, OM5 or the OMD EM5 Mark yeah. III um,
1: I feel like that's, that's
0: really still. small is it really? because uh, it's micro four thirds so it's even smaller than the normal crop sensor but still bigger than the Sony RX100 sensor um, mm-hmm. yeah Interesting. so I don't know i don't know well there's
1: rumors about a new fuji like the x106 uh coming soon so maybe wait and see how that does
0: yeah we'll we'll see i mean partially i feel like use
1: your phone like why why do you need
0: yeah that's the thing is it's like shouldn't i just use my phone i don't know that doesn't feel like photography to me that feels like i don't know i does not a viewfinder (laughs) i guess
1: (laughs) I, i guess i mean i don't know like I think the phone is perfectly valid. Like it's a look, your phone is a more expensive camera than an RX 100 is.
0: That's true. Yeah. It has, has higher, uh, more megapixels and all that.
1: Yeah. More megapixels, probably better optics, honestly. Hmm. Like I don't think Sony's putting their top men on the RX 100 optics.
0: No, I'm just seeing here that OM system has a dust reduction mode. It says change lenses without worrying about dust on the image sensor. Uh, Uses a supersonic wave filter placed between the sensor and shutter that vibrates at 30,000 times per second to shake off every speck of dust. It just shakes the sensor to shake the dust off of it.
1: I mean, that's what they they all do that to some extent. (laughs) Mine, part of the reason I got the Z9 instead of the Z8 is that the Z9 has a um, like a cover for the sensor. Mm, mm -hmm. When you if you turn the camera off, there's like a big plastic cover that comes over the sensor so you can change lenses without getting Clunked. crud in there. Yeah. Which that is that would
0: nice. be nice. Well you know we used to, we used to have a big thing that covered the sensor too, but we got rid of that with mirrorless. <laughs> we did so. we did
1: get rid of the mirror. <laughs> Who needs it?
0: <laughs> I don't know. I guess I should just use my phone. Yeah. But that feels yeah. I don't know. I don't know if oh, I okay what
1: if what if you shoot in raw on your phone? Would that make you feel better? Oh no because <laughs> then i have to edit it <laughs> well you could use um honestly like try using one of the uh like uh one of the apps not the default mm. app use one of the the one of the ma-
0: manual type apps yeah yeah yeah, yeah.
1: use obscura yeah. or um i forget what's the one that um sebastian dewitt has that's... halide yeah there you go yeah
0: one of those I mean, try
1: one of those see if that helps yeah. like I might. Do you have the action button phone? I do, yes. I mean, you could assign Halide to the action button. That's true,
0: I could. I, right now, I just have it assigned to the plain old camera.
1: Um, yeah, assign it to assign it to the fun camera app that gives you mm. manual controls, and then maybe you'll feel more, yeah. uh, I don't know, more professional that way.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I guess it's just like, to me, phone and camera are two different instruments. I get that. Somehow. Yeah. I'm having trouble articulating like why, but. <laughs> but also
1: just keep in mind, not every photo has to be perfect.
0: Well, I mean, I, on the one hand, I want to tell you no, but on the
1: other hand, I am a film photographer. So. Yeah. So you can have. I some... guess we
0: can hold two conflicting thoughts at once. Right. That's... <laughs> the duality
1: of man. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um. Speaking of... <laughs> Speaking of holding conflicting thoughts at once, uh, we're still doing clickbait in 2024, Uh, apparently. I just thought, because I I have an RSS reader uh, and I have uh, many photo blogs in it. um, But Mm -hmm. F-Stoppers is the one that consistently comes up with like the most like (laughs) 2012-ish like article (laughs) titles still, you know. The,
1: The secret way I save money when buying gear. Listeners, yeah. can you can you guess what the save the secret way is? Yeah. Uh, it, starts eBay. With, <laughs> it starts
0: with E and ends with bay. Yeah. No, it literally is buy used. Yeah, buy used yeah, lenses, yeah. buy used cameras, buy used lights, buy used modifiers. And then and then there's like uh Oh yeah, you can also buy from uh, MPB or B and H's use section. It's like yes, thank you. I'm aware of how this works. Um I don't know. Uh, and what I love is
1: that people people are actually reading these. Like people are commenting on this article.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the holy grail of used gear is finding a widow who's selling her husband's stuff for what he told her he paid for. Okay. All right. This is just old. All people. right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay. My. I mean, yeah. This is why I know people at the used camera
1: stores. <laughs> Pushing your limits as an introverted photographer.
0: Yeah. That one I thought Uh, was just like a dice roll of like trying to obviously get like some sort of search engine optimization. Like people are Googling introverted photographer. And so your article pops up.
1: It has to be right. Like, uh,
0: I mean, I can talk as an introverted photographer. I can talk about that. So, you know, yeah.
1: And we're still doing, we're still doing listicles, five beginner lighting mistakes that make you look like an idiot. Yeah, I this wish one I knew would, earlier about these five mistakes every photographer makes. Yeah,
0: that five beginner lighting mistakes. I screenshotted that one and put it on my Instagram story and said, number one, looking directly into a continuous light at 100%. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's the beginner mistake I keep making. <laughs> oh, oh my God. You do, do not look at the light. You don't need to look directly at the light.
1: <laughs> I guess, unfortunately, is- <laughs> what this shows is that Facebook still drives way too much traffic. Yeah. Like these are Facebook clickbait.
0: I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to like sound too harsh, but these articles are kind of banal. Like this five beginner lighting mistakes. Number one, using too many lights.
1: Yeah. Number
0: two, placing the light too high, placing the light too far away, uh, lighting based on a lighting setup that you saw on YouTube. Uh, and then using too much power. It's like, okay, you know, the example photos for like light too high or light too far away is just like, it's very clearly wrong. I don't do you know. Think, um, I feel like it'd be self-evident. You know, do you
1: think that uh, these are chat GPT articles?
0: I feel like it's certainly possible. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. I do love the top comment on this one about lighting mistakes as beginners. Ignore all this terrible advice.
1: <laughs> well, okay. So to be uh, the, the first three articles that we've linked here are written by the same person yeah mm -hmm. only only the fourth one is written by somebody else i
0: did i did notice that yes and it uh, and they've also got an article recently entitled stock photography is a scam which is a hot take okay um i don't yeah it's um you know it's curious um
1: i guess you gotta have something for people to click on
0: my thing with advice articles is that like i don't know that there's, <laughs> don't read them. there's not a lot of actually useful advice out there, I feel like, especially when it comes to art, not. you know, like don't don't use it to like get, you know, an idea of what you want to do. But don't just follow advice, uh, yeah. including this advice, you know, <laughs> like, yeah,
1: I mean, we, we don't know anything. Don't listen to us.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have a whole other podcast about how I don't know what I'm doing. That's true. That's, yeah.
1: Do your own research, read yeah. the books, read the manuals, you know?
0: That's, that's correct. Yeah. Making an intellectual point. Um, photo storage.
1: Yeah. We're talk, we haven't talked a lot about this, but.
0: Yeah. Uh, I assume here we're talking about how I store my negatives, right? The, the various. Well, finders. sure. And, I
1: mean, <laughs> look, when you, when you're taking a lot of photo pictures, file, you, very, folks. you very quickly run out of space on your laptop. Yeah. Uh, so what do you do about that?
0: uh Andrew
1: bought a Synology to do about that
0: I did Synology which is a network attached storage thing which is to say it's basically a hard drive or set of hard drives that you connect to your network and then it's just sort of always on and then you don't have to worry about plugging or unplugging something in your computer all the time um but then you do have to deal with network speeds which are slower than direct attach speeds um but yeah and um, you don't
1: think about that a lot I mean over the network you see oh it's a gigabit that's fast right well yeah a gigabit is 100 megabytes per second maximum
0: yeah it turns out if you have a bunch of raws like that adds up
1: it adds up quick
0: so yeah this is more for i you know like cold storage like after i'm done with it it goes off the laptop onto the nas kind of thing um
1: so I've taken a different tack.
0: <laughs> yeah, cuz I I still have my Lightroom library is on an external SSD that I right. plug in.
1: Um so I am I am against any sort of uh spinning device on my desk. No fa- don't give me fans, don't give me hard drives, none of that. So I've offshored all of that into my garage. <laughs>
0: Um, Arthur is strongly against torque and rotation. Yeah, don't torque concept. rotation.
1: Get it out of here. Angles,
0: radians, got here.
1: So <laughs> we're but only doing I've linear done,
0: motion here.
1: I have a Synology as well. um I have a DS fifteen twenty two plus. That's a that's a big boy. Yeah, it's five bay. Mine's just um, a two bay for now, and it also has uh, room for NVMe cache. I don't yes. know if yours has that. Mine does I too. I got
0: I got one that does because I wanted that yeah, so that helps speed things up because rather than trying to write directly to the hard drive, which is slow, it can write to the SSDs, which yeah. is quite a bit faster, and
1: then it can write that to the hard drive when it you know at a later time. <laughs> it makes a big difference uh, yeah. in speed. But the main reason I got the 1522 instead of the like 923 is mm-hmm. because the 1522 has a 10 gigabit slot, which yours does as well. Yes.
0: Mine does um, as well.
1: Yes. And so I have 10 gigabit networking in my home. I mean, that when we moved in here, the first thing I did is have somebody come and put cat six through the walls. So I have direct connect yeah. from I'm most of jealous. the rooms back to uh, the garage. Yeah. And so I've got the Synology on 10 gig. I have a 10 gig adapter for my laptop. I've got a 10 gig switch back here. Um, And so I actually edit directly off of the Synology. My entire Lightroom library is on the network attached storage. Hmm. And with Hmm. the 10 gig connection, it's basically as fast as if it was local. Um, Especially if I like import a bunch of pictures, it's small enough that it still fits on the SSDs that I have in there. So I'm basically editing off of the SSDs over the network. Um,
0: Hmm.
1: And Lightroom Classic handles this perfectly well. Um, what you I do would is think you that it
0: would, yeah, yeah, y-
1: what you do is you keep the library like the library catalog is on my laptop, and then you can just add external storage directories so okay, see that's. I might directory.
0: I might need to do that,
1: yeah, well, I recommend actually, if you're using it for storage, like hmm. backup storage, I recommend doing that, okay, so you yeah. can keep everything in your library but just move it into the other storage directory. Yeah, with Lightroom, yeah. And let Lightroom handle it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, this is why, like originally when I started, I was using the new Lightroom, like the Lightroom Cloud or whatever. Yeah, that thing is horrible at handling external storage. It it, <laughs> you can do <laughs> it, like you can move your storage me, location, like. but it really does not like it. Yeah. Um, supposedly they've made it better, but I'm not going back until they force me. Hmm. I don't have any problems with the application. Like, a lot of people don't like that app in general. I think it's fine for editing. Like, totally fine. It works. It's yeah. just the the storage. It can't it can't do the things I need it to yet.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, here's my question. What if your whole NAS was a cache? Because Asus Store makes the Flash Store 6 and 12, which have... As you might imagine, 6 and 12 NVMe slots, respectively. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, <quite> like, <laughs> the Synology will serve me well for a long time, I think. Yeah, no, it's, yeah. But, I mean, I'm an edge case. I have a whole little data center out there. I've got, like, a 24U <laughs> rack. I've got a enterprise, like, I've got an HP enterprise server in there. I've got all of my Ubiquity networking equipment. I've got all this stuff. If I were gonna do a full flash array, I would probably just build something. Yeah. Or like, like buy something from something, HP yeah. and put that in there, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm not quite to that
1: level, I guess,
0: but I do have a lot of
1: storage uh for
0: stuff. We haven't
1: we haven't purpose. quite crossed the threshold of flash being cheaper.
0: That's true. We
1: yeah. will at some point, but we're not there yet. Spinning yeah. rust still still takes the cake.
0: Which is kind of remarkable given like how complex it is compared to SSDs, like the mechanical failures that can result. We're up to what, like
1: 24 terabyte now?
0: Yeah. And, you know, at that speed, you got to fill the hard drive with uh, helium because air is (laughs) too dense.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I have 18 terabyte drives in mine right now, I think.
0: Yeah, Um, I only have like six terabyte drives in mine, But uh, yeah, I could like more than double that by, you know, just waiting to see when Unix
1: surplus gets more of those 18 terabyte drives or something. (laughs) Well, and World World Backup Day is coming. Um, If you guys don't know, on March 31st of every year, it's World Backup Day. And that is typically when hard drive manufacturers will do sales okay um,
0: that's good to know i knew about world backup day but i didn't know like when it was
1: yeah it's march <laughs> it's the end of march that's when i bought my first lot of drives for this Synology was on that mm. day and that the drives that i bought have never been cheaper than they were on backup day I might have so, to do that
0: then and, and get get some some new better bigger drives
1: yeah and of next month they uh check it out check out the deals because pretty good usually um, and that's the other the other part are you are you backing the synology up somewhere
0: uh not yet but i have two on my list to figure that out yes
1: i use um backblaze b2 it's the cheapest okay that you can get uh, yeah. and you can plug it into the built-in Synology backup uh, I did, yeah,
0: I saw that it has support for that and a whole bunch of other cloud services.
1: Because the thing is, like, you have multiple drives. You have five hard drives in there in mine. The data is striped across them, so if any of the drives fails, you can replace it. You don't lose any data. But what if, like, the whole thing dies? Yeah, what if your house burns down? Your house kind of burns thing. down. Yeah. Now all your pictures are gone. It doesn't matter how much raid you had. Right. Um, yeah. So, the idea is you back it up somewhere else. The mm. cheapest way to do it is to have a friend who has another Synology and back it up to their Synology,
0: mm. and mm-hmm. then
1: have them back up to yours or something. That's the cheapest. Yeah. But that's not feasible for a lot of people. So no,
0: especially because you would need a pretty big. You'd need a Synology like yours, for example, filled yeah. with that many drives, and that's not a a super cheap proposition.
1: What some people um, do is when they buy a new one, they'll, like, put the biggest drives they can in their old one and use that as the backup destination. Yeah. Like, put that in somebody else's house and have it back up to that.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: but yeah. for the rest of us, there's offsite backup. And I use Backblaze, which is, like, $6 per terabyte per month or something.
0: I am seeing that, yeah.
1: It's the huh. cheapest that i found. And the Synology has tools that will just do it automatically. So you don't Oh, really their
0: download that is of. free now. It used to not be free.
1: Yes, uh, it is above free a certain now.
0: amount. Huh. Wow.
1: And their download, uh, if you're serving files out of it, too, for fun, uh, download out of Cloudflare is also free, which is pretty good. Yeah.
0: Are you uh, are you going to get one of those 45 home lab uh, enclosures? <laughs> Have you seen those? Yeah, those are the- I mean – basically a version of the uh enclosure that backblaze uses for its actual um for the, they're called 45 drives they're based yeah. on what backblaze uses for its storage i think they
1: manufacture them for backblaze
0: yes yeah but now that but now they have like a home lab version which only does oh only does 15 drives only
1: 15 but that's right yeah 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 backblaze is backblaze is cool we like them um they open source their hardware designs. Like they make their own servers and they open source them. So this company called 45 drives will sell them to you. Um, The biggest one is the 60 Bay storinator, So you can get 60 uh, hard drives in there, which is kind of absurd. Yeah. But they've made their own uh, home lab targeted one. So for about two grand, you get a full server that fits 15 drives in it. Yeah. Which pretty good.
0: Yeah pretty big no
1: i like i like my storage to be uh managed by another vendor uh, mm. i'm fine with messing around <laughs> with like my vms but yeah i want the storage to be reliable so probably if i need to upgrade i will get one of the rack mounted synologies or a rack mounted uh qnap nas or something like that
0: yeah well that's partially why i got a synology is because i've had my own storage server
1: in unraid yeah
0: and i do still have it and it's nice cause I can like throw more drives into it and it runs all sorts of custom stuff, but it's not nice because it's kind of rickety as you might imagine. And like there have been times, in fact, recently I basically had to destroy the cache and recreate it yeah. because it, um, was running, uh, what is it? Better FS, and it like locked yeah. itself into read-only mode for some reason, and it was a whole ordeal <laughs> yeah, that took no me good. like several hours to uncouple. And it's like you know, this is neat, and I like having this, but I also need something that will just work. At the yeah, same
1: time. So. I with the Synology, I basically have the NAS of Theseus here. Uh, yeah. I started with a nine eighteen plus with six terabyte drives in it. Um, I replaced all of the six terabytes with 12 terabytes. So you can, one by one, you can pull out the drives and put in a new one, and it will restripe. stripe oh, That's, neat. Take the that's good to one know for if I buy one. larger drives. on. Yeah, Internet it's it's really there. easy to upgrade them to bigger drives. Because uh, I was thinking of how I would do that. <laughs> so I replaced all of those, and then I moved to a bigger NAS. I don't know if you know this, but with, with Synology, as long as you have... Uh, If you're in the same model range, so if you have a plus, if you get another plus Mm -hmm. and it has the same number of bays or more, you can just take the hard drives out of the old one and put them in the new one in the same order and turn it on and it will just come back to life as if it was the old NAS.
0: That's kind of remarkable. Yeah.
1: So I've done that and then replaced the drives again. So this NAS, like I'm running the install that I started on a completely different NAS and a completely different set of hard drives, and I haven't had any issues with migration or anything. Yeah. It's remarkably stable.
0: Because one thing that can be sort of annoying about Unraid is that if you change like anything about it, it has to resilver, as they call it, which yeah. is like completely redo the
1: whole thing. Uh, and like reconstruct the array which can take
0: sometimes days
1: synology does that too like swapping all the drives took two weeks almost Mm. Um, because you pull it out you put the new one in and then it will rebuild the array for a couple days and then you just have to keep doing that every time it finishes yeah it it does take a while um but it's non-destructive and i haven't lost any data yet so yeah seems to work
0: Speaking of, there's an update for my Unraid available. Oh,
1: uh-oh.
0: Exciting. Careful. <laughs> we're rebooting now. We're doing it live. Anyway, um, this veered into a technology podcast. We we apologize for the, you know, we regret the air. Um, we do. <laughs> we're simply prone to that because we both work in tech adjacent or, you know, whatever fields. Uh, camera history segment. Um this is a weird one. You've probably never heard of these. The Kony I Omega. I
1: certainly have not.
0: Yeah. The Kony Omega, uh, which is a medium format rangefinder, six by seven. This is like old, old school press cameras, basically. Huh. Um, and this is a very weird one because uh, they're not very common. And they were, I don't know. They're They're pretty rare. They were originally made by a company that was more known for its enlargers. Interesting. Um, the Simmon Brothers, which made the Omega 120 uh, camera. And then, uh, uh, you know, basically this got design got purchased by Konica, yeah. uh, which made the Kony Omega Rapid and Kony Omega Press, Kony Omega Rapid M, and then uh, became the Rapid Omega 100, Rapid Omega 200. And uh, they're all basically the same. They're just... Six by seven. Looking at the
1: pictures here, they all look (laughs) pretty much identical to each other over the years. Yeah,
0: they're they're all six by seven uh, press cameras uh, with a choice of like three lenses, basically, that you can get. Um, Last manufactured by Mamiya, actually, in 1975. Um, Yeah. Yeah. These are an interesting one. They're one of the cheaper uh, six by seven cameras that you can get still. uh, You can still get film for these? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because this is just 120 film, okay. typically. Um, or actually, you have to be... So these have two different backs. There's a back for 120 film and a back for 220 film. Um, is that right, or is it just a flip switch? I don't know. Some of them are different backs. Some of them have just a little switch that changes where the pressure plate for the film is, because it has to be... Um, 120 film is thicker than 220 because it has the paper backing. Hmm. But, uh Yeah. It's, um, I'm also I,
1: reading they have an interesting quirk, which is they have this dark slide uh, interlock system mm-hmm. to try to prevent double exposures.
0: Yeah. And you have and to put the dark slide exposures. in to yeah. change lenses or change film backs. So, yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah.
1: Huh. Do you have one of these?
0: I don't, know mm-hmm. because I've yet to find one that's, like, in good shape. But, uh, yeah, I know of folks who have these. They're, it's interesting. It's an interesting little camera. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It'd be a good way to get, like, a 6x7, which is a nice medium format size, compared to getting, like, a Mamiya 7, which is going to be, like, two, three grand. This is yeah. probably in the $500 range, something like that. So, yeah. Hmm weird weird little cameras you know no, no
1: light meter is included
0: yeah you got a manually meter of
1: course <laughs> yep it also says that if you want like a framing helper uh, you have to get an accessory to go on the viewfinder to give you framing yes
0: yes because the rangefinder you know viewfinder does not correlate to the actual no. lens uh framing so yeah
1: yeah definitely I a. Mean,
0: Definitely not a beginner's camera. No. Oh, and uh, the other thing with this is that um, the actual, like, shutter release is a little cable that you, like, press with your th- – because you it has this big old, like, pistol grip yeah. on the left side. And you press the shutter down, and it's a cable release that goes straight to the lens. It's a little goofy, but, uh, mm. yeah.
1: Imagining <laughs> – so you should get one of these so you can uh, walk around – Get a get a bowler hat that says press in it, a little mm-hmm. tag. Yeah, walk around with this thing, notepad. Yep. Perfect. Yeah.
0: Could be fine. Get into most places that way, you know.
1: Probably, yeah, they'll let you in. That's funny. I well,
0: this has been an episode of Sensor Noise. Thank you for listening. Uh, you can find us at sensornoise.com com or on Instagram or on Blue Sky. Uh, if you like the podcast, please tell a friend about it.